Maybe we'll do another premium episode about like the original like snuff films that first showed up on YouTube, like the Unknown Soldier. Do you guys remember that one? Note: We will not be doing an episode about snuff films. I'm not an expert in snuff films, so I can't say. We will not be covering movies in which people get killed. I don't do that shit anymore. I. uh, You mean you don't make those movies or? No, no, no. I don't. I don't seek them out. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> I'm too old. I'm too old for that shit. It's, it's, what people don't know it, is there's that Jake, too much of a price. Jake was actually the protagonist, and uh, and what I mean is like kind of the subject of a of a beheading video. No, I wasn't. But the amount of fast food that he eats uh, made his neck literally just bounce the guillotine right off. <laughs> right. Yeah, and right. so he's I'm, alive today right. because of McDonald's. We are here with Jake Hanrahan, journalist and filmmaker with a focus on irregular warfare, and he's also the founder of Popular Front a podcast focused on the niche details of modern warfare. Welcome to the show, Jake. Hello, mate. Thanks for having me. So first off, can you tell us a bit about you know what you do and the conflicts you've covered? I am an independent journalist and documentary filmmaker, you could say. I've been covering war and conflict for about four or five years now. I'd say five. Actually, no, probably five going on six now. And yeah, I've, I did. I'm probably best known for my work covering um, the fighting in Southeast Turkey between Kurdish militants, the PKK and, you know, the Turkish state. Also, I've uh, done work in Iraq, uh, Palestine, Israel, Kosovo, Northern Ireland, all over the shop, man. All the safe places. You just, you seek them out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All the holiday destinations, you know. <laughs> Cool. So, you know, as you probably know, ISIS is the topic of this episode or ISIL or, or Daesh or whatever you want to call them. I, I call them ISIS, man. I fucking hate that. Like ISIS, ISIL, Daesh. Like I just say ISIS, man. It's what, what, one of the one of the most hilarious situations, I think, around the whole ISIS situation was just like the press not being able to all come up with one fucking name and just say, <laughs> let's call them this so-called Islamic State group. Like, Jesus Christ, just call them ISIS, you know? Yeah, ISIS, I think, stuck around because it's, uh, you know, already a name or whatever. The rest were kind of more confusing. Well, yeah, like it's um, it, the Islamic State of Iraq and Al-Sham, Al-Sham being Syria. And it's like people are like, oh, no, we can't call it the Islamic State because then it looks like we're actually giving legitimacy to it. Like, no, it doesn't. You don't, you don't go like, oh, don't call them the IRA because then people will think they're the real Republican army. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's a good point. Uh, <laughs> yeah. When they were launched, though, they were called Jamal al-Tawid wal-Jihad. Cool. Not as catchy. Yeah, it didn't stick. Organization of Monotheism <laughs> and Jihad is the translation. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's nearly as good as Boko Haram. Like, our, our only issue is that there's one God. Uh, the rest is just icing on the cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, like, what would you say is currently ISIS's role uh, in geopolitics? Um, well, as, as a ground force, ISIS doesn't really exist anymore. For example, right now in Deir Ezzor, um, very last pockets areas in, uh, in Syria, um, small little villages called Susa and an area called Hajin is where ISIS is now as a ground force. I think they literally hold two villages right now. The YPG or the the coalition of YPG, um, so like the Kurdish militants and then the other fighters, so Arab locals and whatever, they have a a coalition called the SDF, the Syrian Democratic Forces, backed by America. Um, 
for the moment anyway, they're about to abandon them. But anyway, they've been fighting uh, ISIS basically since day one. And yeah, right now um, ISIS has been chased out of all of their, their kind of big areas. Raqqa fell, we all know that. And right now they're just holding on to two tiny villages. Um, so as a ground force, they're about to be over, you know, like they're nearly done. But geopolitically, I think the situation will get bigger in the way that ISIS is still around. The ideology, you can't get rid of it. It's like Nazism, you know, it just, it won't go because the ground force is gone. You know, you're never going to get rid of that ideology. And right now in Libya, for example, like ISIS is holds quite quite a lot of ground there. The Philippines, they have a branch of ISIS. You know what I mean? It is spread all over the place and the tentacles are kind of start reaching into all different countries, I think. Right, yeah. I mean, it's essentially just an extreme version of one of the world's biggest religions. So hard to, to get rid of people that are that angry, especially if like the social situations that are creating the will to just fucking leave and go join people who decapitate people. Yeah, I, I know. Like that. that is... <sighs> How do you combat that? You know, oh, it, like anyone that went to join ISIS post um, like 2015, they have no excuse. They can't say, oh, we didn't know what they were like. It's like, no, nah, you knew what they were doing. They were beheading people. Yeah, you probably saw the videos and then joined. Exactly. Like, but not only did they make the videos, they're basking in violence. You know what I mean? Like, they absolutely loved it. Like, I've watched most of their horrific videos just for work purposes, you know. And I don't know, it's almost like comic book violence, but it's real. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's, it's almost unbelievable what they do, you know, like burning people alive, drowning them. Like, literally putting GoPros underneath the cages to watch them drown. Like, it's just, it's just unbelievable. Like, I don't think we've seen anything like that other than Mexican cartels, you know what I mean? Yeah, and it's it's weird because at least with the cartels, you have a sense that um, they're, they're getting wealthy at least, but yeah, exactly. a lot of the time with ISIS, like they're fucked from the start. They have every major military against them and they're just trying to fight for territory, but they bring so much attention to themselves with these videos and stuff that do they not care if they survive? You know, what's the end game? <sighs> I'm... I honestly, that is a good question. And honestly, I don't know. Like, I wonder that myself. Like, I, I tell you what, when I was in Iraq in 2015, we spoke to um, an imprisoned ISIS fighter. Uh, we spoke to two. Um, and I, I spoke to, like, this one guy was like a farmer, very, like, lower level of education. And he kind of said, I joined because my brother-in-law turned up and just said, like, you know, this is the new thing now. If you don't join, we'll cut your fucking head off. Or, you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, he kind of had a forced recruitment. I love it when my older brother's like, hey, here's a cool band. Also, I'm going to decapitate you unless you join my extremist yeah. group. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> this is the new in thing, you know? Like, if you don't join, your head's going. But he, he was, like, I felt bad for him. He was genuinely like, I don't know. I just joined, whatever. They gave me more money than whatever. And he actually, like, tried to get out and the Peshmerga, the, the Kurdish forces in, in northern Iraq caught him and arrested him but then there was another guy we spoke to um, and he ran uh, like the media wing of the Nineveh kind of cell of ISIS and he'd been caught and even there as he sat in jail I remember he said something like uh, like we'll take over we will rule the world you know and he literally believed it like you could see in his face like yeah it's coming we you know so these guys it's, it's pure brainwashing, you know, like, and, and you can kind of understand, I think, if you're on the ground there and you see the incredible gains they made so swiftly, for example, when they took Mosul in like two days or whatever it was, just turned up, the military ran off, you know, and, and, and they just come take all the, all the um, weapons, you know, break people out of jail, rob the bank. And you can imagine there's thousands, tens of thousands of these guys running wild around the Middle East at the time, you know, when they were at their height. It must have felt like, wow, we're unstoppable, you know, we're, we're gonna take everything. 
that was a sample of our premium episode. To hear all of our premium content and help our podcast become sustainable, you can go to patreon.com slash QAnon Anonymous and for $5 become a bona fide subscriber. We refuse advertising and want to remain editorially independent. Thank you for helping us with that. My friends, I thank you from the bottom of my heart. I shall remember this moment until my dying day. (laughs) 